Isaac Quainall, Tom Stewart. Now that KO has 4K, people will see every detail. I better wash my hair. Oh, I'll book in a spray tan. Maybe a manicure? I'm shining up my tats. Experience amazing detail with 4K. Now on KO. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Welcome to One for the Road, a podcast about running and the rest of your life. Hi Lucy. Hello. How are you? I'm good, you alright? I'm very well. <sighs> well yeah, we're on a bit of a, a marathon downer after the weekend. Oh yeah, that's totally our runner's low right now. Yeah. Which... <laughs> so yeah, by the time you hear this, I'll be in New York. Yeah, it's alright for some. Yay! And tell me then, in this slightly shorter amount of time, what you have been up to. What has been your high? <laughs> I think I can guess. <laughs> so we have, what should we do in the subdial of last time as well? London Marathon! London Marathon! Ah, <laughs> oh, so did it live up to your hopes and dreams? Uh, yes, in fact, actually, I didn't tell you about this. I've got a London Marathon injury. Oh, oh God, yeah, that's from the cowbell, huh? Yeah, not as not as bad as some people actually running's injury, but yes. I have a little bit of chunk of skin missing from my finger, <laughs> where my cowbell was being rung constantly for about four or five hours. <laughs> oh, but it filled you with so much happiness. Yeah, it was good. So we were cheering, and we were mostly around mile twenty-one. We've got a little snippet of. The sound of mile twenty-one, just to give you an give you an insight, if you weren't running through it. Ah, oh, so that really is the full effect of mile twenty-one, isn't it? Yeah, and that's just when like, just that's just like the base level of noise for the whole time. That's and then true. Kind of like rose and. Yeah. <laughs> I love that someone had, there was a drum, there was music. Oh yeah, the drum was good. Um, <laughs> lots of cowbells, lots of whooping. Uh, had some pom-poms. Mm, and they stole one, it was great. <laughs> I adopted a pom-pom for a bit. I feel like you, you just have to be there. Mm. And I think even if, any other part of the course as well, yeah. like there is people all the time. What was I, your low? Uh, my low was that it was bloody freezing. Oh my god, yeah, that's my low too. We've yeah. got matching highs and lows this week. Yeah. It's so cold. It was so cold. I tried to warm myself up by drinking some gin, it didn't really work. <laughs> <laughs> the gin didn't warm us. Or no, the tea, actually. No. Overall, a very good experience as usual. My favourite day in London. Hooray! Yay. Talking of marathon chat, as we seem to do a lot of that recently. It's the season. It is the season. Lots of marathon chat from two people not running any marathons. Yeah, no marathon um, for us. <laughs> so I asked on Twitter um, last weekend, which was Boston Marathon Weekend, what turned out to be quite an interesting topic. So I asked if you would run Boston Marathon if you hadn't run a qualifying time. Got a lot of responses. I think you should share. My understanding of Boston is quite like slim, really. Can you enter at all or do you need to have a good for age time? So there's either a qualifying time, which are like super fast, which we'll talk about in a minute, or you can run for charity, which doesn't seem to happen so much 
with UK participants because yeah. they obviously all American charities. Mm. They have thirty charities that they're partners with, and okay. the minimum, the absolute minimum, is five thousand dollars. So, mm. for someone in the UK to commit to raise money for a charity that no one over here has heard of, yeah, that much money, I assume is why so many people don't raise money yeah. for charity. But I think it's a bit more of a thing if you're American. Yeah, you either qualify or you get a charity type. But there's no um, like ballot. No. So it's hard to get into. It's hard to get into. If you're our age and you're female, the qualifying time is 3.35. If you're male, it's 3.05. However, getting that time doesn't guarantee you. Oh, didn't know that bit. Because it's, they fill it up from fastest first. Oh, I see. So, so if you're right on the edge. Only a minute under, you're not likely to qualify. Mm. So I think... There's an article actually I found, I'll tweet it, uh, where I think the... Most recent year, the male average was you had to be over three minutes faster than qualifying time to actually get a space. <laughs> so qualifying time is a little bit redundant in, in some sense. A little bit, yeah. Because you need to be like, even aim, quicker. Which is why um, men aim for a sub three, because I see. The, so far that's guaranteed you. Yeah. Like a 303 wouldn't. Wow. So it's hard to get into. And... Of marathons around one of definitely one of the hardest to get in, yeah. I would have said. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the, the span of all the marathons we know about. Yeah, so I asked this question and I think if you are in the kind of running world you've heard of Boston and mm-hmm. pretty much I'd say I probably got at least thirty responses, maybe even more. Actually, because it went over a couple of days in the end. Um, not a single person, not a single person said that they would run Boston without running a qualifying time. Wow. So it wasn't really that much of a debate in the end because everyone just kind of agreed with each other. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I think we my target audience of people that asked were very, yeah, specific. very knowledgeable about what the race is, very kind of like in the running world, mm-hmm. and know people that will have qualified. You know, there's a bit of a thing around whether you know you can't run anymore you're injured and now you have a race place yeah and what do you do with it and whether that's a race that's organized by someone down the road and it's 30 people or boston marathon like they can vary in size and therefore what's the equivalent of them getting in on and how that makes it and um i think it does come to that thing of like there must be organizers have reasons why it's this way and your name is attached to to that race place. And whether that is because it's your good for age time, it's because you've qualified and that's you personally. Or is that because insurance reason or a safety reason that it's not just about the bib you're wearing. It's like you've identified as that person on their records. Whatever that reason is, I think they need to acknowledge that sometimes something goes on and someone can't run. Yeah. And what should happen in that situation? They should make it easier for those situations to be resolved officially yeah. without that thing of like, oh, I've like I spent a hundred pounds on a race place and now I can't run. How do I get my money back? Yeah. Or like making it easier to defer for Yeah. I'm not saying you should be able to defer for like five years continuously, no. but like I think the London way of doing it for just one year is really good because yeah. yeah. you get two opportunities at it. Um, I suppose the more popular the race, the harder that is to do. Like, like Boston is a good example of that. Yeah, I guess I wouldn't be surprised if London take away that scene, given mm. that none of the other. I don't think any of the other majors allow you to do that, or at least not as easily as London no. does, because you can literally just log on up until the night before and say, nope, 
well in a way they shouldn't take that away they should uh, like races should be introducing that as a, as a mechanism because it is it's it's preventing people do things that cause them possibly a lot more trouble at the yeah, end of the race uh, and you know you have to acknowledge that this stuff happens you, you enter races in good faith and then you know you get injured or something personal happens and just your situation changes so I think the conclusion I drew from that was that most people don't really mind taking other people's race places for races so they don't go to waste mm. unless it's Boston in which case <laughs> people are very very sure that you should qualify for it but I think it's just because I think it's because it's to do because with because of the like yeah history around the race and the kind of like what's the word I'm looking for like, like prestige, prestige almost yeah that's what I'm that is the word I was looking for but then I think we've talked about how we both feel like we're not going to run what is it 335 yeah 335 so this kind of got us thinking is it possible for anyone to run not I don't know hang on that didn't <laughs> anyone yeah inclination wasn't on the right word obviously people can run Boston qualifying time yeah can anyone do it as in is it possible for absolutely anyone to do it i eat us yeah. <laughs> so our hugely scientific experiment begins now <laughs> <laughs> no 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 no. that's not why we're agreeing to <laughs> let's just get five years right. yeah we are not trying <laughs> it's not our new yeah you have to listen to the podcast for a long time to see if we can qualify for boston yeah it's funny because since did berlin and then i was quite like oh if i was going to do marathons i want them to be to feel like they've got a bit of a cornerstone to them. So maybe the world majors is a good option. Yeah. And then I've not really approached, approached the fact that to be able to run most of them, I need to run really fast. Well, yeah, that is the pretty much only guaranteed way of getting into all of the majors is run fast enough so that you qualify, even mm. for like London, New mm. York, Tokyo, I think there's yeah. qualifying time. I'm not sure about the others. Or Boston. Yeah. Boston definitely is. So it, like, that's a lot of time to take off and how much of it is about the fact that I didn't do any running as a child and didn't do any sport as a child so I have no physical like base fitness that I've grown up with necessarily like I'm learning to run now and it's Mm. been what two years how do you go from and if you're just maybe it's the fact that I just I'm not naturally able to run at that kind of pace my body's not built that way yeah I would be interested to know how much of it is like physical talent and like not worked on it it's just something you're good at mm. some people do just start running and they can just run fast mm. and how much of it is hard work slash mental toughness it's got to be a lot of mental toughness I do you think I have been running for a long time and not not childhood long time but like <laughs> enough time a couple to, of years <laughs> to know that I don't think I could I don't think I ever could run a Boston time for both of those reasons actually mm. I'm not a naturally talented runner and I'm not very mentally tough when it comes to marathon running no and you have to be really mentally tough to break through a you know to to take your time down from even even to get down to that thing of like I've chopped half an hour off my marathon time that's very difficult yeah I'd have to take like quite some time off yeah but like the pace that is to go at means revolutionising the way you think and the speed you run at. Mm. Although I don't I know, it's interesting. That if I was 85 years old, my time would... You're well in. Great. Boston. So I just need to, you know, bash out a five-hour marathon in 50 years' time. I'm all good. So really, what we should be thinking about is consistency. Yeah, playing the long game here. 
I'm up for playing the long game. I didn't say I had a time limit on doing the world mages. <laughs> just ever. Just ever. It'll probably be like 12 mages by the time we get yeah, to that. Yeah, that's age, true. So. Oh, I have to get that oh. bigger. It'll be an even bigger medal thing where yeah. they all sit together. <laughs> be interested to know if anyone has any thoughts on this. Yeah, what's the theory? Can you go from running a five-hour marathon to Boston qualifying? Because I'm going to go with probs. Probs not. And if you... Mm, yeah. I, no, I'm not going to take up that challenge. I was totally like, go on, <laughs> daring you. If someone says, yeah, you can totally do it, probably still not going to do it. Don't try. So the next thing we have is something really lovely. Yeah. Our friend Leah, who we met running. How did you meet Leah? I met Leah at um, a Nike training club class in Regent's Park, mm. um, which I think still happens uh, mm. on a Saturday morning and just kind of going and then she was putting together a team for the Nike women's 10k or what was it called then we in the night yes um kind of got chatting to her one of the classes then we started running together and then 10k turned into bloody running marathon um so we ran we've both run two marathons Paris and London we both did them at the same time kind of marathon link here again yeah um, she did London last year with me so I suppose a lot of your friendship started with running. All about the running. Yeah. And she's moved back to New Zealand now, so we're going to call her our official uh, Round the Other Side of the World uh, yeah. reporter. She's our long distance correspondent. And recorded Anne on the run for us. So let's take a listen. Okay, so this is my first run chat for One for the Road podcast. Um, I'm an old friend of Lissy and Harry's from our running days in London, um, but I'm a New Zealander, and I moved back to New Zealand in December last year, having lived in London for three years, and my final hurrah in London was running the London Marathon, and it was the best day of my life, hands down. Absolutely loved it. Um, but after I left London, I went travelling for 10 months and running frequently became quite hard. Um, I was in countries like Peru and Bolivia um, and southern Argentina and as Harry will know, uh, it's just not that easy to find places to run that you feel safe, that you know where you're going. Um, yeah, so my running kind of petered off quite a bit. Um, and I moved back to New Zealand in December and the heat and humidity were really something quite new to me. Um, I guess London gets hot, but it doesn't get as humid as it does here. So you would sit in the afternoons and just be drenched in sweat um, without even doing anything. So I found um, it quite hard to motivate myself to go out and go running. Um, I'm very much like Lissy. I'm a cold weather runner. I've trained for my two marathons through winter and I would much rather run in snow than run in the heat and humidity. So with moving back home and all the things that were going on and finding a house and a job and the, the heat and humidity, I just, I just didn't run. And I, I wasn't really doing any other exercise and I had all this 
you know, big lofty goals to train for a half marathon and I drop a plan and then when it came to it, I just, I just didn't do it. I, part of it was the heat, part of it was not really knowing any running routes, part of it was I wasn't working and I didn't have my routine, so I wasn't sort of getting up every morning and that was my run time and part of it was I just kind of have no friends <laughs> um, all my friends in New Zealand um, you know they're not really into running because it is something that I came across and started doing more when I was in London it's not really the New Zealand part of me so I haven't really made those connections yet um, so anyway long story to tell you that I decided to join a running club. Um, I got a job in the city and I started running to work with a backpack on, which is a little bit, um, well, it's a bit of a challenge to make sure you've got everything packed properly um, for, from the night before. But started sort of doing these run walks at kind of five kilometres to work and along the way I saw a sign on the side of the motorway and it was advertising a running club so I looked at it online and um, gosh it's embarrassing talking to yourself when you run past people by the way <laughs> they're all looking at me a bit strangely um, so anyway I looked at it online and I thought oh yeah this sounds good so I signed up and it's Two sort of running club sessions a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays nights, um, for an hour. And then there's also a long run on Sundays, which unfortunately I haven't been able to make any of them just because we're so busy in the weekends, we've been away a lot, um, it's just not happening. But for the past four weeks, I've gone every Tuesday and Thursday night, and I've pretty much had my fitness handed to me. I have been just schooled on how, you know, how slow I am. Um, we had to do a 5k time trial and I came last in the group. And um, when I say last, I was still 28 minutes, which for me, I felt like I was going flat out. I think my my 5k PB is only slightly over 27 minutes. I'm I'm not a fast runner. I've got short little stumpy legs, but I love running. And for me, it's not really about the speed. It's about achieving the distance, about doing something enjoyable for myself, about spending the time with friends as well. So I think I'm much more of a social runner. And I think this um, run club has really taught me what, I, what it is that I enjoy about running because when you turn up and everybody like runs a marathon in the weekend just casually um, and they speed off and, and they're all really really supportive but I don't want to be the one tailing at the end I want, the, I want to be the one running next to someone and using the time as a catch-up and, um, you know, rather than just feeling like shit, <laughs> really, in my running. So I think maybe this run club is not for me. Um, I'll keep searching, though. 
from what I've heard, the uh, free Nike runs that happen here are pretty much the same thing. Lots of super fit girls and really tight lycra that go like balls to the wall fast. So I'm not really sure that's my, my deal either. But I'm sure I'll find something. So in the meantime, I will keep on doing my little plod, run walk to work. Um, and I will keep my eye on maybe another race once my motivation and fitness picks up a bit. Aw, Leah. I know, so nice. I want to give her a hug, though. Yeah. We miss you, Leah. You're so far away. So far away. Can't believe it's a whole year since we both ran London. Yeah. Just, like, zoomed by. It was interesting to hear her talking about kind of finding your your thing like your people or your club or whatever it might be and like your reason for running because exactly I think like she says when she was living in London running was all about running with friends and running with with people who you knew and and now it's a totally different format and that isn't really suiting her and interesting what she says about clubs and that definition of running club I think it makes me think of school like short shorts running in the rain exactly as she says like having your fitness totally challenged that danger of being like the last one picked or the last person to cross the line and there being quite a stigma around that Mm. like that's that's purely my perception and like we know that there are many clubs that are not like that or people who go running together who are supportive and that's where it's interesting isn't it about Mm. finding what motivates you Lots of those run clubs that do challenge your fitness and do want to push you around in the rain are, for some people, exactly what they want. Yeah, they are. Yeah, that's really interesting, actually. And because it's similar vein to that, actually. I um, I tweeted earlier about my foot and it still being injured and whether I should race in a couple of weeks. And a lot of, peop- a lot of people said, um, no, you, like, you shouldn't, you should rest up, mm. Like, there's loads more races. And then I just randomly got a reply saying, do it. Like, you don't have to, like, I don't know, something something really abrupt, like, do it, like, think think over the pain, like, you can do it, Get like, through push it. through it kind of thing. And I was like, oh, I don't like the sound of that, actually. <laughs> but they're the kind of people that probably would be like, yes, I'm going running, I'm going to do my time trial, I'm going to run really yeah, fast. Yeah, kind of like they need someone to, to shout at them. And maybe that's, the, maybe that's how you do turn your five-hour marathon into a three-and-a-half-hour Boston oh, qualified time. Going wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, I suppose like different people respond to different stuff, isn't it? Like I always know I never want to go near a military style boot camp mm. because I have no interest in someone shouting in my face. And actually, even if I really wanted to do the fitness exercises they were telling me, I still I just wouldn't because they were shouting at me. I'd be like, no, I don't want to. Yeah. Because I kind of don't respond that well to that environment. I was about to say, oh, doing it in the cold, in the rain, that doesn't appeal to me. But that's exactly what Nike Training Club used to be like. Yeah, that's because true. Because it would be NTC on one side of the park and military fitness on the other. <laughs> so everyone's doing pretty much the same yeah, thing. Yeah, that's true. It's just one's Their techniques. very different yeah. approach to the other. Yeah, that's really true. I've never thought about the fact that NTC is essentially a military fitness style scenario but it's it's just about its approach Mm. it makes people like me who don't particularly in the early days when I wasn't really running and I didn't really feel like I definitely couldn't do a press up definitely couldn't do a plank 
I didn't feel embarrassed to be in a class. Mm. I didn't feel like I was picked out. So it is about finding what you what works for you. Yeah, the right level of... Yeah, the right level. Level and uh, attitude, I guess, of everyone that's with mm. you. Mm. On the attitude thing, um, Leah said... Uh, mentioned something about people who just run casual marathons. <laughs> I'd like to just say, casual marathons need to stop being a thing. Similarly, it's all about your attitude. The culture of anything, like the culture of what people wear as fashion or what they eat or where they go. So much of it is driven by what other people are doing mm. and driven by a kind of peer pressure, like a subconscious take-in of the culture around you. Like how recently you hear comments like, I know a lot more people doing an Ironman or are doing a, you know, pushing themselves to do an ultra. As soon as the cult, there's a culture shift, as, as one person starts to progress like that, it, others will always naturally follow and the bar is always being raised and it's how you respond to that. Yeah, that, yeah, that bar being raised thing is definitely happening because I was talking about a couple of people we know that didn't have very good marathons and I was like, I just don't think they're very well suited to marathon running. Mm-hmm. But there's like no kudos in running a 10k but doing like you could train as hard mm. for a 10k as you could a marathon mm. but you'd just be training in a different way but there's no kudos in taking like loads of time off your 10k time because everyone's like yeah six miles so what but, and it's so that's just attitude what you're feeling from the people around you because mm. it's definitely true isn't it that when you go out of the environment that like the people you hang out with and you talk about it at work or something say well, I, I ran, you know, I run to work. That's five miles. Mm. That's basically 10K on a, you know, a Tuesday morning. And people still find that impressive. Yeah. I, you know, you don't, you just take it for granted. Yeah, your sense of uh, perspective goes out the yeah. window a little bit, I think, when a lot of people are doing amazing things. And I think that's interesting listening to Leah, because she ran a marathon a year ago, and she's finding it hard to get back into running a year later and she's she's feeling bad in herself because it's not what she was doing beforehand but yet it's the achievement of the fact that she's just getting out and doing it yeah that says so much like, you think, could have said i'm never going to run again i think that's why the cash i find the casual marathon thing so dangerous because for someone like her or me that's done marathons in the past to then see people just like do a casual marathon yeah. it just makes you feel really crap because you're like well I couldn't run a casual marathon I yeah. put loads of effort in and also if you're someone that's just starting out and then you see people doing that then you think oh like I'm finding this really hard why mm. yeah you just kind of makes light then, of a distance yeah yeah it makes light of it and then there's like no bridge between starting and getting to that point and there is mm. quite a big leap in between and I, I can't imagine that they can say at the end that that was casual but it must have hurt along the way. And I think people, f- sometimes people really forget how, what they've come from too. Like, mm. it wasn't like every day of their lives they've been able to roll out of bed and run a marathon. But I also think that relates back to our previous point about what makes someone able to do a BQ or something. Mm. It is because of that. It's confidence. The, yeah, the confidence and the being comfortable, being uncomfortable mm. thing. And like not letting it get too much yeah a real mind over matter mm. struggle their familiarity with what hurts and being able to get past that hurt is is they're obviously much more trained at doing that mm. than other people and when you're learning to run you're able to because when you learn to run you you don't know this feeling you do literally feel like you're going to die like how many times do you think of when you start to run if it's really hard you're like i'm going to die like yeah i literally cannot go any further 
and then all of a sudden you've gone a bit further yeah do you know what I really miss about when you when you first start running is that like your the progress is really really quick mm. and you get and you do feel like amazing like I haven't died I ran twenty minutes and I didn't yeah. die yeah like now I have to I know that I can run twenty minutes and not die so when I do it I'm like oh it's not like an amazing achievement anymore mm. and I'm I isn't it is the incredulous feeling mm. I remember just always feeling incredulous and wanting to tell everybody because I was like. It's taken me eight weeks and I've, I've done capture to 5k yeah. I can run 5k non-stop like that was I wish I have I could hold on to that feeling maybe and get that every I, time I run maybe that's what also people that do lots of fast improvement times do they just they want that all the time they want that feeling of I'm getting better I'm getting better mm. which I think is why they say that you um it's addictive there's the article that talks about that feeling mm. of why people do strive to do like an Ironman or an ultra because you're striving to always find that next adrenaline rush essentially yeah. because it's the new feeling that you didn't feel before. But yeah, it gets more and more and more and more effort every time. I know the the commitment that's it's high price commitment, and then probably the payoff is temporary because you keep going. You you might never find that race or that that kind of um, push of your body that that seals the deal. Yeah, you'll, you'll like forever what, be searching for that. At what point will you be like, okay, yeah, I've, this this is like the absolute peak of my the pinnacle. Yeah, but it's true because I say like, oh, I want to. It'd be a goal to get all of those the world majors. But what will truly happen after that? How? Like, I don't think I I actually feel like I'll be like, oh, I've 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 won. Yeah, I can I'm stop now because <laughs> that's not that's not what it's about for me. I suppose. Yeah, I think that's it. I've said before how if I could bottle that feeling you get at the end of a marathon, like, you'd be a millionaire, it's amazing. But it still, uh, for me, didn't feel good enough to make me think, yeah, I want to do that, like, five more times. <laughs> i got to keep going. <laughs> so, yeah, it must be a reaction that some people have to it that is so much better than what I've had in order to keep wanting to do it again and again and the I next thing. I don't know if it's about the, the feeling being different. I think it's more, like, the want of wanting the feeling again but that feeling of like maybe it's more like unfinished business Mm. if you repeat that is it because you you're like i I just you never feel like you've quite got it it's almost more like the other way like you've achieved you've had that feeling and sensed it and you felt completion whereas the people who keep doing them yeah are perhaps still yeah yeah i was still kind of like i I would say the different with like the way i feel is like i do want to do another one but Mm. it's because i feel like i haven't nailed it mm. and keeps me running actually is that the 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 opportunity that I could get faster <laughs> kind of the thought of the unknown makes me keep trying mm. which is is interesting because I don't think that's the same motivation for everyone it can vary so much for different people mm. but also I know that it's not going to propel me to I don't think I'm going to be like I've nailed the marathon now I need to like triple that distance yes Maybe it's just because I feel like I know my own self. Like I know my my parameters. Yes. But my parameter is if it involves a wetsuit, it ain't happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is why I like... I, we are I, not going to become triathletes yeah, in this podcast. I can <laughs> probably 95% guarantee that I won't be running a marathon in the next year, but I can 100 million percent guarantee that I'll never be doing a triathlon. <laughs> I, I struggle with the fact that I swim like an old lady, so... <laughs> oh, well, I think we've we've rambled our way through that. Yeah. To make various points. Some of that is around club and how you find motivation to run. 
and maybe a club helps you find your motivation but ultimately we are saying the same thing always yeah it's like find your attitude find your thing and find your way like and there will be people who do who do do your thing Maybe I need to find a club that is specifically designed to get slow marathoners up to Boston qualifying time. <laughs> I love that you've just gone, I'm never doing a marathon again. But if I can get quick uh, enough I, to run Boston... Like how one, I said I'm never running a marathon again. Then I said I'm 95% sure yeah. Oh yeah, sorry, I didn't clock that. Yeah. And two, uh, no, that's three. Three, today when I was buying annual travel insurance, I checked whether international marathons were covered. <laughs> just in case. Oh, Running isn't just about marathons. No, it's not, and I don't see. I'm getting, I'm getting swept in with. We'll blame I blame London, and um, as per last year, if anyone sees me tweeting that I might be entering the ballot, stop me for God's sake, stop me. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's it for this week. Yeah, I think so too. So next week you'll be in New York. Yeah, when when I'm back, I will have been to New York. So. Yay, I'll have two more chins and... <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully a lot of very interesting food pictures. Yes. Maybe take some of the view as well. Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to do some, like, activity fitness related? Yeah, well, obviously we'll be doing a lot of walking and mm. I really want to do at least one run and I've kind of been testing my foot a little bit, so I'll try and do that again. I'm going to be avoiding spinning at all costs because that is now my... The, the devil. I did. <laughs> And good. if anyone knows of any good exercise classes or mm. fun activities to do in New York that aren't spinning. <laughs> yoga. Where's yeah, the good should, yoga in New York? Find some good yoga. <gasps> I really that. hoped it was going to be warm enough to do kind of like roof toppy stuff. But yeah. It's actually looking like it's going to rain the entire time. Yeah. So, but yay. Indoor yoga. Indoor yoga. <laughs> that sounds great. So you can find us all over the internet. Yes. Go you on, look then. to me. <laughs> I will tell you. We are on oftrpodcast.wordpress.com. Yeah. Uh, and there you can sign up for our newsletter. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram. And that's oftrpodcast. Yep. Maybe we'll start a Snapchat. Oh my God. Lissy's got Snapchat. We can't even go down this route. Okay, now. fine. Just follow me on Snapchat. I'm Lissy underscore web. I'm getting really into it. I feel like I'm 15. You're so teen right now. I know. You're very, you're very relevant, which apparently is an important word to use in this day and age. I'm not sure a 28-year-old on Snapchat is relevant. I think that's actually tragic, but we'll go with relevant. <laughs> you're trying to be relevant. <laughs> if this if this works, then maybe we'll start on OFTR Snapchat. Sure, sure. I'm, I'm pretty sure that Harry's not down for that. I don't really understand. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, stay tuned for that one. Might be might be a long-term development. <laughs> Look out for Lizzie's Snapchat at least. But we'll see you soon. Isaac Quainall, Tom Stewart. Now that KO has 4K, people will see every detail. I better wash my hair. Oh, I'll book in a spray tan. Maybe a manicure? I'm shining up my tats. Experience amazing detail with 4K. Now on KO. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. 
With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Have it get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Isaac Quainall, Tom Stewart. Now that KO has 4K, people will see every detail. I better wash my hair. Oh, I'll book in a spray tan. Maybe a manicure? I'm shining up my tats. Experience amazing detail with 4K. Now on KO. 